Grace and, Grace and Peace family, my name is Pastor Derek Parks, and I am so, so excited to be here with my family in person today. And so, man, we are back, um, and we are excited. We're excited for God to build it back, and we're excited for what God is doing. We're thankful for everybody that came out today um, and worshiped. Man, I, I want to do like one, like a quick second thing. They say that men don't go to church. But this morning, we were led in worship by all men. We were led in worship by men. And God is using these men to make a difference in the world. He's using this men, these men to, to help us learn about lifestyles of worship. And I'm excited about that. I don't know if anybody else is excited about that. When they say men don't go to church. <laughs> They do. Uh, they just need to be led uh, by by, uh, by a means that that shows them that Jesus is not weak, but that he's powerful <laughs> and that he's powerful when he came with a mission and he came to do what his father sent him to do. So I'm excited about that. That's just like a little sidebar. So thankful for the men who led us in worship this morning. Amen. All right, and so listen, uh, if this is your first time here with us, we're so excited that you're here. For those who are watching online, we say welcome. We're so glad that you've joined us this morning, and, and I'm so grateful to the Lord for what he has allowed for us to to be. And so uh, it, it's, it's, it's interesting, uh, as, I, as I reflect about the past 15 months and I reflect about the things that that have taken place and 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 how God is is working in 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 our lives, and how there are some things that that God holds from us, uh, and, and He holds those things from us even when we feel like it's something that we really 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 want, or like if God was good, He would give this to me, right? But but God holds things from us because He knows what we need. <laughs> And he knows what we need. And I'm thankful for a God who knows exactly what I need over against trying to give me what I want. Amen. See, some people preach a gospel that God will give you everything that you want. And that's just not the truth. <laughs> In fact, that's, that's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible doesn't give you everything that you want. The God of the Bible doesn't give you everything that you pray for. I'm on some toes this morning already. Listen. He, he doesn't even give you everything that you pray for. But God gives you everything that you need. And so I'm so thankful that I've got everything that I need because God has given it to me. And so, listen, because of that, I can live a life that is devoted to him. And so we're in this series called Devoted. We are walking. That's right. You can give it up for that. We are, we are walking through the book of James together. Uh, James is, is, is said to be the first epistle, the, the first letter that was written uh, in the New Testament. It was written by James, the brother of Jesus, also known as James the Just, uh, or Camelnese, as he was known. Uh, he was known as that is because he would spend so much time in prayer that he had calluses so large on his knees that his knees looked like camel knees. Some of us don't have no dust on our knees from praying. And so we, we, we've, we've got we've to learn from this brother. We've got to learn uh, from his life. And as we look through this book, we're going to learn how to be 
devoted to Jesus. And so devotion is so important because our culture, in our culture, devotion seems to be a misnomer. In our culture, devotion seems to be a, 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 even a bit of like a, a, a curse word at times <laughs> uh, because devotion requires you giving everything. And if we're honest, we don't want to give everything. If we're honest, we want to give what we're comfortable with giving. If we're honest, we want to give God a portion, the portion of our time <laughs> that is most suitable for us to give to him. We, we want to give God the, 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 the portion of our resources that is acceptable for us to give to God. We, we want to give God the portion of our commitment that we deem to be acceptable. But what we're looking at here and what I want to help us to see and, and reshape our minds over the rest of this year, because we're going to be in the book of James for a while. Somebody say a while. So get comfortable because <laughs> we're going to be in James. And so uh, devotion, here's how I'm defining it. Devotion is defined as giving all or a large, port, a large part of one's time and resources to a cause or a person. And so what I want us to see is that God is calling us to be devoted. He's calling us to give everything that we have to him. And so the book of James is apt to teach us how to do that, and it's teach, apt to teach us how to walk in that, okay? So today, I got a message titled for you as Devoted to Endurance. Devoted to Endurance. Last week, we did Devoted to Humility. Some of y'all were mad at me <laughs> because I was calling us to humility. We've looked at being devoted to wisdom. We've looked at being devoted to joy. And so today we're going to look at being devoted to endurance from James chapter 1, verse 12, okay? One verse today, James chapter 1, verse 12. So if you've got your Bible, go there. Uh, if not, we'll have it for you here on the screen. James chapter 1, verse 12. And so here, here are these words of our Father from our brother James. It says, bless. Somebody say blessed. blessed. I feel like Fred Hammond. Somebody say blessed. <laughs> blessed is the one who endures trials that doesn't sound like what the culture tells us it says blessed is the one who endures trials because when he has stood the test he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those, listen to this clause here, who love him. Father, I pray by your spirit that you would help us to love you today. God, help us to love you in action, not just in word. Help us to love you with a real love this morning. And so, Father, I pray, God, this morning as we proclaim the word, God, I pray, God, that you would speak to us clearly, God, help us to know and understand, God, that you are in our midst, God, and that blessing is connected to endurance. And so, Father, we pray by your spirit that you would lead us and guide us today. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody said amen. 
I'm sorry it's so hot in here, y'all. The heat was on 80 this morning. I don't, I don't know why, but it was on 80. And so um, y'all pray for me up here because I'm dealing with that and these lights. Somebody pray for your boy up here. So <laughs> listen, I remember hearing a story uh, of one of the soldiers of the Army of the Potomac who took part in the Battle of Gettysburg. And he belonged to the 6th Corp, and this Corp was famous for having marched from Manchester to Gettysburg, a distance of about 34 miles. Anybody ever walked 34 miles before? No. (laughs) And so they marched for 34 miles. And he said that the march was the hardest experience of his entire time in the war. The march, he said, with the clouds of dust, the perspiration, his blood-chafed limbs as it trickled into his shoes. He said the march was the hardest part of his time in war. It's said that he quoted these words. He says, it's sometimes harder to march than it is to fight. It's sometimes harder to march than it is to fight. And the test of endurance is the test of the long march. See, you, you, you have to set out on a long march here in the Christian life. See, you will meet with many others who uh, along this Christian journey will have gone part of the way. And they've turned back. I know I have many of friends who started out with me in the faith who have turned back. After doing their calculations, they determined that life with Jesus just wasn't worth it for them. You will find many at your side who are ready to quit and go back when it gets tough. And they're also looking for somebody to go back with them (laughs) because misery loves company and all that stuff. But always there are some who are steadily moving forward who have no idea of anything but enduring to the end. And that's the type of Christian that we are, that we need to be. That's the type of believer. That's the type of follower that we need to be, fam, is, is the type of believer who has no idea or any thought about turning back. The only thing that they know is pressing forward with Jesus. I'm reminded of the words of one of the disciples. <laughs> Jesus had just given them a hard word in, 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 in John chapter 6. He had given them a hard word, and he turns to them because many had left after he had given this hard word. And he turned to his disciples, and he said, are you going to go too? And the disciple turned to him, and he said, where would we go? <laughs> you have the words of eternal life. And what you've got to begin to see, family, as you are navigating this Christian life, is that there is no other place to turn because if you turn anywhere else, the words of eternal life are no longer accessible to you. 
And so what Jesus teaches us here, he teaches us in this passage, what we learn in this passage is that those who endure to the end will be blessed. Matthew chapter 10, verse 22, Jesus said, he says that he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Now, I, I want that I, I want that to to be in your hearts as we're thinking through this passage. I want that to be in your minds as we're looking at this verse here is because I want you to see you need to see you have to see this morning, family, that blessing is attached to your endurance. So let's jump into it. He says here, blessed is the one who endures trials. This idea of blessed here, it talks about someone being fortunate or well off. It it carries the idea, though, I want you to see this. It carries the idea of being supremely blessed. And so when we look at this here, James is telling us, the brother of Jesus is teaching us here, that we are supremely blessed when we endure trials. He's showing us that, 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 that the ultimate blessing that we have in this life is not the kind of car that we drive or the type of house that we live in, but the ultimate blessing that we have in this life is connected to our ability to endure through trials. You, you, you got to get this in your heart this morning, fam, because because I, I really want to help us today. I want to help us to see this is that oftentimes what we do is that we look at certain things as 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 a means of defining how blessed we are. We, we look to things to define how blessed we are. We look at how many followers we have on Instagram to determine how blessed we are. We look at how many people like our posts to define how blessed we are. We look at how big our house is to define how blessed we are. We look at how low our car payments are to define how blessed we are. That is a blessing. <laughs> Thank you, Connie. That is a blessing. Low car payments are a blessing. <laughs> but I need you to see this here. He talks to us about this. He says being blessed is being well off and fortunate. But if you're looking for if you're looking for blessing, then learn how to endure. If you're looking for blessing, then you've got to learn how to endure. Man, I, I, I want to see this. Is that blessing is about perspective. Blessing is about perspective, family. Because he tells us here, he says that blessed is the one who endures. Now, listen, I'm going to drive this home. I want to I take my time to help you see this this morning. Uh, because I don't want you to leave out of here thinking <laughs> That, that you're blessed for any other means other than the fact that God has given you his spirit and he has allowed you to endure through trials. <laughs> brother, brother, brother Fred Hammond said, he says, we're, we're blessed in the city, we're blessed in the field, we're blessed when we come and when we go. We can, what does he say? We can conquer every stronghold, right? Sickness, poverty, cease. But the devil is defeated. We are blessed, right? We're blessed <laughs> because 
The devil is defeated already because of what Jesus has done in our lives. So no trial, no circumstance, no difficulty in our life makes us any less blessed. No uncertainty makes us any less blessed. You are blessed because you have been endowed with the power to endure. So look at this. Listen, blessing is about your perspective. Blessing is about your perspective. Blessing is about your perspective. That's why you can look at somebody in the same situation as you, yet they're rejoicing. I, I, I ran track when I was younger, and I was running I was running a hundred yard dash, and I had pulled my hamstring and I had to go onto the to the side. I was limping off to the side. And there was a guy who was sitting next to me. He was from the other team. He had pulled his hamstring a little earlier in the day and he was sitting in the same spot that I was sitting. But I was devastated and he was all right. He was like, Man, you you'll be okay. That's how he's saying to me, You you'll be all right. And I'm like, No, I won't. Like, I lost the race, number one. Like, number two, like, I pull my hamstring. I don't know how long it's going to take for this to heal. Like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and this, all these different things. But the reality is this. Here's the reason why our, 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 our perspectives were a little bit different. I had put so much weight into my track running because I was fast. And I thought, oh, you know what? I, I, was, I was getting ready to go into the States and stuff like that. I thought my life was over. I had put so much attachment and weight to me running a 100-yard dash. And so my perspective was off because I thought in order for me to be blessed, I had to win the state championship. This guy, he wasn't as fast as I was. He hadn't put all of his eggs in the basket of track. And so when he pulled his hamstring, he was good. And I want you to see this is because the, re the reason why so many of us get so thrown off by trials is because we put so many of our eggs into one basket. We put so many of our eggs into the basket of our career. We put so many eggs into the basket of, of, of the things that we think will make us happy in life. And when those things don't happen or those things don't occur, we feel like our life is over. But blessing is about your perspective. Blessing is about your perspective. And so here's the perspective that you need to have is that God is calling you to be devoted to endurance through trials. And so he says here, he says, blessed is the one. This idea here is just generically talks about the man or the person who endures, but it's used to distinguish between those who are young and those who are old. When it talks about the, the, the one or the man or the person here, it, it, it's carrying the idea of, of maturation. It, it, it distinguishes between a person who, who is infantile and a person who is mature. And so what he's showing us today, he's teaching us what James, the brother of Jesus, wants us to see here is that the person who is blessed is the person who is mature enough to endure through trials. The one who is blessed is the one who is mature enough to listen at this, to persevere under misfortune. That's what this idea of, of enduring talks about. It talks about remaining. 
it, it, it talks it talks about bravely and calmly bearing something. And so the problem for some of us is that we, when we get into stuff, uh, uh, our, our, our courage and our calm go out the window. See, the moment you hit a trial, your courage begins to dissipate. You start to live your life as if God has not given you everything that you need already for life and godliness. You start to live your life as if God has not given you every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus already. And so what, what, we, what we end up facing is, is, that, is that we forget that when we, come, when we come up against trial, we forget that God has called us to bear through those things bravely and calmly. So here's the word I want to give to you today. Stop freaking out. It's a hard word. But stop freaking out. Some of us get into trials and we go crazy. We lose our minds. Or in other words, we lose our courage. See, God is calling us to have courage to endure. One of the most identifying markers of, 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 a, of, a, of, a, of a person of God in the scriptures is not what they were able to do. But it was their courage. When we see courage in the scriptures, what we get to see is we get to see a picture of us giving up what we believe and giving up what we think is the best way to accomplish something and giving it over to God. As Gideon. It was at one point in his life he was filled with fear, hiding to go into the point where he went into a battle with less people than he thought he needed, and yet God gave him the victory. And so, family, I need us to see this, is that he's calling us to persevere under misfortune. He's calling us to, to, to have fortitude. That's what we talked about, this, this idea of fortitude. We've been talking about it, about God allowing us to be strong. He's allowing us to, to have some strength. He's calling us to, to, to not lose heart, but to endure, have fortitude, some toughness. And not the kind of toughness where your dad tells you, go outside and catch this ball, and he throws it at you as fast as he can so that you can try to catch it, but to recognize that when the ball comes at you fast, your dad is going to catch it. Y'all missed it. See, what we do is we oftentimes think that courage is, is, us, is us steadying ourselves and being tough enough to catch the ball when it's thrown at us. But the reality is this, is that our toughness is connected to the fact that we have a God who stands before us. And, and if God before us, who can be against us? And so what we need to see here is that God is not calling us to, to steal ourselves and steady ourselves to catch the fastball. But what he's telling us and calling us to do is, listen, is when the fastball of life is coming at you, just know that I'm there with my mitt and I'm going to catch whatever is coming at you. And so we got to know that God is there for us, family. 
And so endurance means that you can walk around bravely and calmly because you know that God won't allow anything to harm you. He won't allow anything to pluck you from his hand. And that doesn't mean that when trials come that you won't get hurt. That doesn't mean that when trials come that you won't feel pain. But see, what we do is, is oftentimes we connect pain with the negative. But what you have to realize, this was two years ago now, I I was sitting in the house and, and my appendix went. And so I went, I didn't know what it was at the time, but we went to the hospital and and went to the hospital and they said, your appendix is, is, it needs to be taken out. And so when I got there, they, they said, you're going to have to do emergency surgery. And so when I got there to this emergency surgery, what they have to do, they had to cut me in order to work on me so that I could be well. And see, sometimes what we, what we perceive is that we perceive trials as a butcher's knife instead of a, of a surgeon's scalpel. See, sometimes God is using the scalpel to cut you and, 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 and to repair you and to, to make you better and to heal you. Sometimes in order to get healed, you got to get cut. And see, we got to, again, <laughs> blessing is about your perspective. And so it, 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 the question is, how do you view trials? And so here he tells us, he says, blessed is the one who endures through trials. Trials, we've already defined this in the series, but I'll define it for you again. Trials are temptations that put you to proof. In other words, trials... They take on many shapes and sizes and colors. That's why James tells us is, is that count it all joy when you experience various trials, right? But they take on many shapes and colors and sizes. And trials are things designed by God to put you to proof. The Old Testament idea, remember what it was? The Old Testament idea of testing was that idea of sniffing fruit to determine whether, to determine its usefulness. And so in that time, they'd, if they wanted to eat something, they had to pick it up and sniff it to make sure it was good. Some of you do that right now with stuff in your refrigerator. My wife and I did that yesterday, cleaning out our fridge. <laughs> Some of the stuff we were scared to open, it was like, I don't know, babe. Let's just put that whole container in the trash because <laughs> that don't look like it's right because it's been in the back of the fridge for a while. But some things, trials are things that put us to the test to determine whether or not our fruit is good. See, Jesus will take you through a trial to determine whether the fruit of love is truly being developed in you. He'll take you through a trial sometimes to see if the fruit of joy is fully developed in you. Sometimes he'll take you through a trial to, to make sure that patience is being developed in you. And James has been talking to us about this. He's saying, listen, he says, count it all joy whenever you experience trials and know that the testing of your faith, what does it do? He says it produces endurance. 
So now here in verse 12, when he's telling us, when he's telling us in verse 12 that blessed is the one who endures, he's already presupposing that endurance has been produced in you because of the trials that you have endured. And so the presupposition here is that you can be blessed because God has already produced in you something that you need in order for you to navigate through the trials. He's already put to test the fruit in your life. And so what we get to see here is that when we endure through trials, we are blessed. And here's why we are blessed. He tells us this. He says, we are blessed because when we have stood the test, we'll receive a crown of life. See, this idea here, it, it's, it's, it's a causative idea. Versus a, a demonstrative one. What, what that means is just this. This idea of, of us receiving a crown is not, it's not because of anything we've demonstrated, but it's, it's, it's because of a cause in our life. It's because Jesus, through the Spirit, is, is working things out in us. He's producing things in us. Therefore, we can be blessed when we endure trials. And as a result of that, or as a cause of that, we receive a crown when we have stood the test of time. This idea here, he's telling us, he says, because when, when, when you have stood the test of time, but this idea of having stood the test, it, it, it's the idea of becoming something. And so, so what James is instructing us, he's teaching us, he's letting us know, family, is that Jesus is not necessarily concerned about what we do with trials, He's concerned about what we become because of trials. See, he, he's not concerned about what we do as a result of trials. He is concerned about who you become as a result of those trials. See, if, if, if you're not becoming more loving as a result of going through stuff, and see, that's what I'm saying to us this morning is that it's about perspective because there are people who go through stuff all the time and they end up becoming bitter. They end up, they end up cutting people off from their lives instead of becoming more loving as a result of it. And so he's not concerned the fact that you go through the trial. He's concerned about who you become as you navigate the trial. And so, family, I, I want to encourage us this morning is pay more attention to who you're becoming and pay less attention to what it is that you do. See, because when you become loving, it'll change what you do. When you become more joyful, it will change what you do in circumstances. When you become more long-suffering, it will change how you react in certain situations. So don't be so concerned about doing the right thing. <laughs> be concerned about being the right person. Be concerned about being the right person. And see, Jesus, <laughs> he, listen, God wants us to be shaped and formed into the image of his son. And so he's he, he's bringing us through trials. He's helping us to endure so that when we, when we stand the test of time, we'll stand there after having become the kind of person who is able to stand through the test. See, this idea here of standing the test, 
it's the idea of being approved or accepted. But in the, in the ancient world, right, there, there wasn't a banking system like we have, right, in our day. Uh, there, there was no paper money. And so you didn't have no bills. You couldn't make it rain and all that stuff. Don't do that. <laughs> all the money was made from metal, right? So the, the money was heated into a liquid. It was poured into a mold, and it was cooled. And that's the, the currency that you had. And so it was necessary at times to smooth off the uneven edges of those coins. So those coins were, was at times they were comparatively soft, right, to the coins that we have today. And so what, ha- what took place was is that people begin to shave down the coins to make them thinner than they were so that they could have more coins. See, you only had a certain amount of the particular metal, right? You only had a certain amount of copper. And so a certain amount of copper would produce a certain amount of coins. And that's how you're able to ascertain the value of a coin, right? Y'all tracking with me? And so the, the amount of, of the metal that you have, you, pour, you melt it down, you pour it into a mold, and the value of the coin is set because of the amount of metal that you had to begin with. And so what people begin to do is that they would begin to take the mold and they would shave down the coin way, way down so they'd have this really thin coin. And now instead of having one coin, they would be able to have two coins and they would be able to double up on their money by shaving down the coin a little bit. And so what took place was <laughs> is that Athens began to pass laws. Like, y'all wallin'. Like, y'all can't be doubling up your coins and having more money than you actually actually have based on the value that's been set. So they set up all these laws, and when they set up all these laws, there were certain money changers who would still accept these shaving down coins. And what it would do is it mess up the economy and stuff. And so, but there were certain, some men... There were some people, exchangers of money, who would not accept a shaven down coin. In fact, they would weigh the coins that were being in circulation. And the word that was used of them is the same word that's used here for standing the test of time. And just, not test of time, the test. <laughs> for standing the test. And so what, what, what we see here is that these, these, these dokamois, they, they were people who would, who would measure and, ex, and, and set the value of the coin because they wouldn't accept a coin that had been shaven down. They would accept only the coins that were authentic and coins that had the right weight to them. And so what I'm suggesting to you this morning is that this word that is used here, it should also apply to us today by how we should be seen by the world. And because of trials, we don't cut corners in life. Because of trials, we don't try to get over on people. Because of trials, we we come with what is acceptable and bring that before God and present that to the world so that when we stand the test, what we begin to see is that 
I'm actually made out of the metal that I said I'm made out of. I'm actually made from what I say is on the inside of me. What God has deposited into me is exactly what's on the inside of me. There's nothing that's left out there. There's nothing that, that is unauthentic about what God is doing in me. The patience that I have has been produced inside of me. The love that I have has been produced on the inside of me. The joy, the peace, the kindness has been produced on the inside of me, and I have stood the test. And so, family, we got to see this, is that God is calling us to stand the test. He's calling us to be approved and pleasing to him so that we might lay hold of the crown of life. This crown here, I want to help you this morning. This crown here was given to someone of exalted rank. But I I don't want you to think about it in the sense of like um, medieval crowns, right? Where they had gold crowns that were placed on their head. Don't think about it like that. The crown here was a crown given to the victor of a public game. It was a wreath or a garland that was placed on them, much like the crown of thorns that was placed on the Jesus's head and said this crown was made from from something that wouldn't hurt your head when it was put on your head. But it was given to the one who endured the public games. It was given to the one who, who won the race. And listen, one of the most popular games in the in, 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 in one of the most popular public games of the time was the torch run. So the torch run, it wasn't about who, who was the fastest, right? To hear it was it wasn't about that. To hear coaches track, and so he's trying to teach them to get to the finish line first. <laughs> but this this game wasn't about that. This torch run was about who was able to finish the race with their torch still lit. I feel the Holy Ghost. And and, and what you got to see is this, is that God, he's not calling us to get there first. He's calling us to endure. He's saying, listen, it doesn't matter if you get to the finish line first. What matters is if you get to the finish line with your torch still lit. See, some of us, some of us get to the finish line and our torch has been extinguished. We get to the end of our days and we're bitter. We get to the end of our days and we're callous. We don't know how to talk to people. We get to the end of our days and we're mean and we're angry. But what God is calling us to, he's calling us to get to the finish line with our torch still lit for him. That means that you still got every ounce of joy that he deposited into you. That means you still got every ounce of love that he's given to you. You've got every ounce of hope that he's given to you and your torch has not gone out. Family, we have to run in a way that our torch stays lit. And the only way that we do that is if we learn how to endure, family. (laughs) See, this crown here, this crown here, there was no royal birthright necessary in order for you to receive a crown. That's good news. See, the crown of life that will be attained will be attained by us enduring through hardship. And see, here's what happens. I, I, I made a distinction between 
medieval crowns and 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 and, and Roman these 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 crowns of 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 the biblical days is because I want you to see this. It's oftentimes what we pursue. We pursue those crowns of gold, with jewels. We pursue crowns in life. But see, I want you to see this: is that pursuing crowns on earth is actually the avoidance of hardship. Pursuing a crown here in this life is avoiding hardship. You want your life to go exactly how you want your life to go without any setbacks or hiccups or disturbances. I do. I want my life to go exactly according to plan. I want my children to behave a certain way. I want my wife to do certain things. I want people to do stuff. I want my bank account to look a certain way. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Listen, we want, we want it that way. And we perceive that stuff to be a crown. But Jesus tells us, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. And I want you to see this, is that pursuing crowns of eternity is about the endurance of hardship. See, this, 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 this crown here talks about the eternal blessedness which will be given as a prize to the genuine servants of God and the crown or the reef which is the reward of righteousness. He's talking to us about the crown of life, though. This crown of life here, family, is this crown of life that is real and genuine an active and vigorous life that's devoted to God, one that is blessed in the proportion even in this world of those who put their trust in Jesus, but also referring to the resurrection that is going to be consummated in us by the new ascensions. That, that is us getting our more perfect body, right, and us going to glory, but, but it's the thing that's going to last forever. And so listen, stop looking for crowns that are ultimately going to rot and rust and pursue the crown that will be eternal and last forever. You need crowns of life, eternal crowns, not crowns here on the earth. And then he says, here's the ones who receive the crown. The ones who receive the crown is the ones who receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. The crowns that God has promised, and I, I need you to see this here. The idea here of, the, of, this, of this, this, this concept here is that the Lord has promised. This word talks about professing one's skill in something. And so when you look in the original text, what you don't see is you don't see, you don't see the word for Lord here, but the implication here of, 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 the, of the promise is that if God has made the promise, then the promise is going to come true. Because he's skillful in his promises. <laughs> see, he, he, he's, he's well-versed in keeping his promises. And so I, I want us to see here is that the promise that comes from God is a promise to those who have loved him. And this love here is it, 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 it's, it's formed from this idea of agape, uh, but, but it talks about uh, more than us loving him. It talks about us being well pleased with him. It, it, it talks about us being contented with God. 
it, it talks about us taking pleasure in him. In other words, we prize him above all other things. And so the crown of life, the crown that you receive, and, 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 and we spend so much, so much of our time pursuing after crowns that are going to fade, the ultimate crown that we receive is the crown of Jesus Christ. He is the prize. He is the reward. He is the one that we should pursue. And when we take pleasure in him, when we are contented with him, Family, we will receive a crown of life because he has promised it to those who love him. Terry, you can come. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I want to leave you with these, these ideas, family. Being devoted, and I, I'm talking to us today about being devoted to endurance. Being devoted to endurance looks like certain things. I'm going to give you three things. You can write these down. If you want to, this is the point where you should write things down. Being devoted to endurance means this. Number one, seeing blessing attached to remaining. If you're going to be devoted to endurance, then you have to see blessing being attached to staying the course, having some toughness. Remaining under, even when it calls you to endure through difficulty. And so many of us have so much challenge. So many of us are struggle so much because we struggle with our sight. We don't see properly. And so you have to see the blessing being attached to whether or not you remain. The next one is this, is that if you're going to be devoted to endurance, it means standing the test of delayed gratification. We want everything right now. And James, the brother of Jesus, writing to some disciples who had been scattered He's writing to them to tell them, your circumstances look bleak, but it's all good because God is producing something in you. You may not see it right now. You may not get it right now. But what God is working in you, that will stand the test of time. And so being devoted to endurance means standing the test of delayed gratification. You don't always get it right away. Some stuff, family, is for eternity. Some of our hope is, is, is the hope of glory that's, that's going to come. It, it, it's not here. And that was sobering for those who James was writing to because some of them would die as exiles. Most of them would die as exiles. And some of us believe that if we're just faithful to Jesus, we'll escape our trials. But family, that's not so. What happens 
is that we escape our trials and glory when we learn to endure. Last one is this. Being devoted to endurance means sitting on the promises of God. Or sitting in the promises of God. Remember here, the crown of life is a crown that the Lord has promised. We try to set ourselves up in this life for the stuff that we think gives us approval. We try to set ourselves up to get the right kind of compliments from our boss. We try to set ourselves to, to, to get the right type of approval from our spouses. We want our parents to accept us a certain way. But the scripture is teaching us that the approval that we need is through the promise of God. He'll give us crowns of life, fam. And is that crown of life? Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> when we get the glory, we're going to take them crowns that we receive and we're going to cast them at the feet of Jesus. See, family, I, I need you to see that the crown that you receive is not for you. <laughs> that, that crown's not for you. And the moment you stop living your life like somebody who's trying to obtain something and start living your life like somebody who's trying to give something, that's the moment that you'll learn to live a life that is devoted. And so, Father, I pray today by your Spirit that you would teach us today. Help us to learn how to live devoted. Help us today, Father, to give all that you have given to us and give it back to you. That's what you've called us to. That's what you've designed us for. Nothing we have belongs to us. And so, God, we ask by your Spirit Give us the power to endure. Give us the strength to endure. Give us the courage to endure. It's by your grace, by your spirit, that we pray these things. God, I pray for those under the sound of my voice that don't know you today. God, I pray that they might come to the saving knowledge of your son. And that they might be renewed by your spirit. Save them today. Help them to trust in the resurrection of Jesus that you came from heaven to earth, lived a perfect, sinless life, died in our places, and after three days you got up from the grave with all power in your hand. I pray that someone believes that today. And Father, keep us near to you today. God, thank you for allowing us to gather together again, God. And God, we pray for your continued blessing, God, as we continue to gather. God, thank you for those who are gathered today. I pray that you will bless them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.